we're going to say this scripture. Carly's here. Esther, welcome, Carly. Good to see you. Just a little testimony. I, w- I uh, went to see Pastor Andy, and I went into my office and uh, just trying to get ready, print whatever I wanted to say tonight. And somebody was pounding on the door. I said, what's going on here? I was calling since I believe God's leading us here. And we're so glad to we welcome you to our church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good to have you here. She says she's been driving by all the time. Now God says, go in there. So I welcomed her. Amen. Let's go. You. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. That's Isaiah 50 verse 5. Please be seated. Tonight, I have a, a very important message, real basic, but very, very important uh, for us to know, for every Christian to know and imbibe and really get to understand. Congratulations, Sunday. Amen. <laughs> She was baptized on Sunday. I saw her crying. Uh, right? <laughs> I was wonderful. I was moved by that, you know. Thank you so much. We're so grateful to God for what God's doing. Um, we have been called into a life of miracles. That's Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, miracles take, took place. You just expect it. If he's around something unusual, he's going to be happening. And Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. Uh, what's changed is our expectation. What we expect from Him. And what we believe that He is able to do for us. But if we believe Him, He does everything. All things are possible with God. And all things are possible with Him who believes. So I want to be a believer. Say with me tonight, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. So all things are possible with you. And God's with us because we have accepted His Son as our Lord and Savior. We are part of the family of God. And in this family, miracles take place all the time. Amen? We just have to expect it. So God has a miracle plan for your life. You can take it whichever way you want to take it. But I always like to go to Psalm 103. Beginning from verse 1 through 5. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Sometimes you can talk to your soul, amen? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. In the early days when I was struggling with stuff and dealing with, well, I guess, wrestling with uh, demonic uh, attacks. And I figured, if you are in there or around me, you bless this name. And if you're not willing to bless this name, now take off. <laughs> you got to go. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. That's not prayer. That's talking to yourself. Talking to your soul, and according to the Word of God, telling your soul never to forget all of his benefits. In other words, as a Christian, as a child of God, you have benefits from God. I want to know what these benefits are. I've got to enjoy the benefits. Many times you don't need one particular uh, benefit, but you might be needing the other benefit. Whichever one you need, you need to get a hold of it and get that benefit to your life to benefit your life. Amen? So it tells you this. Do not forget all of his benefits. Not some, all of them. Don't forget all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. So that's the first benefit because it's very important. That's the first thing to talk about. It's the benefit to be forgiven by God. It's a great benefit. It's the number one benefit to be forgiven by God. Because the forgiveness from God breaks the power of sin over your life. You're no longer a slave to sin once you receive forgiveness from God. Everything changes. It's just like Adam, once he ate that fruit, everything changed in his life. In the same way, when you receive forgiveness from God, 
from that point on, your life is changed. The Bible is very clear about it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. In other words, God has recreated you. Well, nobody sees the difference on the outside, but on the inside, you are a new creature. And the Bible tells us that. And that's the benefit for, from God. Don't forget all of His benefits. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases, not some of them, all your diseases. So we spend a lifetime as Christians studying to know what these benefits are. Every one of them. He heals not some of your diseases, but all of your diseases. You need to understand and believe that and embrace it and begin to study it so that when the enemy comes against your life, you'll say, no, that's not a benefit. And I'm not receiving that. But it has to be in your spirit. Amen. He, he says he heals all your diseases, who redeems you, your life from destruction, who crowns, your, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed as the eagles. So it satisfies your mouth with good things, meaning he takes care of you. Good things. Your youth is renewed as the eagles. Now, I wanted, last week I went on going with the question of forgiveness and the fact that we are no longer slaves to sin. And I want to go into that a little bit because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we are saved by grace through faith. And that not of ourselves is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, beginning from verse 6, it says we should know this. The old man was crucified with Christ. In other words, you are a new creature. The old man was crucified with Christ that the body of sin might be done away with. So we need to understand that body of sin should be done away with. That old man, so there is an old man and then there is a new man. You have a new man living inside of you and there is the old man. But God says we need to put that old man away. It should be done away with. That body of sin may be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin for he who has died has been made free from sin. So when Jesus died in the mind of God, the old sinful body also died. And so we will have to let go. If anyone is in Christ, if scripture says it's a new creature, and God tells us, and Jesus actually tells us this, in Roman, I mean, uh, John chapter 8, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. We talked about that last week. But this is the issue here now. In the same Romans chapter 6, beginning from verse 17, this is very important. He says, but God be thanked. We need to thank God that though you were, so that's past tense. For the believer, though we were slaves to sin, that means you are no longer a slave to sin. A slave doesn't have choice. You do what your master asks you to do. It, it drives you, you even if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, he wants you to do something, you are going to do what he wants you to do. That's sin with the old man. No choice. You do what he's telling you to do. But now you are free. You have a choice. You can actually say, no, I'm not doing that. You have been made free. And every, the last time we talked about the freedom we're talking about, remember the slaves were free. Some slaves decided to go up to the north. They told their master, I read what was written from the government. We're free. And we're living. There was nothing for the master to do. But some slaves didn't believe that. And guess what happened? They stayed serving in the master's house. 
It's the same principle. Once you believe that you're free, your attitude should change towards this. No, I'm no longer part of that. I'm going the other way. It says, God be thanked that though you were slaves to sin, were meaning you're no longer part of that. You were, but now you're no longer part of that. That's not who you are. If you claim that that's who you are, then God must have told us a lie. But God cannot lie. We have to believe that we are no longer controlled by sin. And that should be preached. Though you were slaves to sin, he says, yet you obeyed from the heart. That form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. You obeyed from the heart, not the mind, not your thinking, not your understanding. You obeyed from the heart. It's not going out to do something. Obedience from the heart is, that's what God says, that's what I believe, that's the way I'm going to act from now on. That's obeying from your heart. Regardless of what's happening or what's happened in your life before now. From the time you believe from your heart, you are made free. You have obeyed from your heart. That form of doctrine, notice, form of doctrine matters. The doctrine that you hear matters because it's going to influence your life. What is told you is going to affect you. Notice it didn't say you obey from the heart the doctrine. That form of doctrine. That form of doctrine, the doctrine that tells you you can be free. You don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to be a slave anymore. Your body is still telling you you feel this way, but you refuse. You are believing from the word. You are overlooking what your body is telling you, just like Abraham did by faith. And you are lining up with the word of God and say, yes, my body is telling me this. This is how I feel, but I'm staying with the word of God because that's what's in my heart. You, that form of doctrine. Now, in, some, in certain circles... Uh, the pastor believes that every time we should be talking about, you know, how sinful we are, how bad we are, and the, 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 the refrain is, we are sinners saved by grace, and on and on. But if you read in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, it says the worshiper, once cleansed, should have no more consciousness of sin. And so when you're bringing that over and over again, you become so conscious of sin. And guess what? What you think about constantly, that's what you're going to do. That's who you are. So that form of doctrine is very important. It sounds good. Colossians chapter 2 tells us that. It has a form of something that's good. But God's not in it. God's not in it. Because it's not going to bring freedom. You can read Colossians chapter 2. Read the whole chapter. He sounds good. He makes us feel like we're doing something for God. But God's not in it. It's all sense. But you have to believe from the heart what Jesus has already accomplished for us. Against what you're feeling. It says, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So, I like you walking around saying, I'm a slave of righteousness. Hey, watch me, brother. I'm a slave of righteousness. Whatever righteousness tells me to do, that's what I'm going to do. A sin, you can't tell me what to do anymore. I got a new master. Amen? That's what it is. I got a new master right now. And every time he turns your attention, oh, no, 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 no. In those days, I used to obey you. But you see, if I listen to you, my new master is not going to like that. Amen? I can't listen to you. That's the form of doctrine that frees us. It's not by works. It's not by your own strength. It's by the grace of God and by the form of doctrine that is presented to you. You are free. Jesus has made us free. 
A free person has choices to make. Free America, right? You, you can make whatever choice. So you're free to do whatever you want to do. You, you're free to draw close to God and really get to know God. Or you, you're free not to even pay attention to that. You're free to study your Bible. You're free to do whatever you want. But if you go the other way, you get yourself entangled again. And the Bible says with the yoke of bondage. I need to let us know that God, from the very beginning, God was looking for a way for freedom for his people, the whole of mankind. And that's the reason for the law. The law just didn't do what God intended it to do. What the law did was to help us to understand you got a problem. So that you can be free. In Romans chapter 8 verse 1. And I'm going to read. You all know this scripture. There is therefore now. No condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus. No one should condemn you. There is therefore now. This present time. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh. But according to the spirit. So now, as we're free believers, that's where we're coming, there is the flesh and there is the spirit. You have been born of the spirit. If you don't walk according to the flesh, you'll be walking according to the spirit. You can't be walking on both sides at the same time. It depends on where you want to walk. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. So right now, we have two laws that govern people's lives. Everybody's life. If you are not governed by the law of sin and death, then you are being governed by the law of the Spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. And if you are being governed by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Then you are free from condemnation. You are free from condemnation. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Had made me free from the law of sin and death. Now this verse is very, very important. He says for what the law. Verse 3. What the law could not do. In other words, the law was trying, right? But he couldn't do it. What the commandments could not do in that it was weak. Not the law itself that was a problem. The flesh. It was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of, of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In other words, he destroyed it completely. In the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled. Notice the word used. The righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh. But according to the spirit. So our thing then is to walk according to the spirit. And we can go further down where he tells us, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we have to be led by the Spirit. How does this work? This is the battle. If there is ever a battle in Christianity, when we talk about Christian battle, this is where the battle is. Paul tells us this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. He says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, when we talk about the lust of the flesh, sometimes most all people think about is the common things that we regard as sin. There are other things that are sinful. The desires. Other things. Greed. 
this, this, that's also important. Lying, these things are important. Gossiping, all of these things are also important. If you walk in the Spirit, in other words, if you're listening to the Spirit of God, you are walking according to the Spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. If you want spiritual things, if that's what you're targeting, that's what you want, those other things will die out. Slowly but surely, your life will be transformed. That's what the Bible means. If you draw near to God, God will also withdraw near to you. If you don't want to draw near to God, you just will not feel it. Because what you're drawing near to is the flesh, the things of the flesh, what the flesh presents to you. So there's a decision to make. And this decision, the decision you make has eternal consequences. Has consequences here or not because it's going to affect your life, your family life, your finances, everything that you do. It will also affect your children and their children based on whether you choose to walk in the spirit or to walk in the flesh. To hate, that's walking in the flesh. To pray for somebody's deliverance, that's walking in the spirit. To study the scriptures daily as much as you can, spending time to pray, that's walking in the spirit. That's when the Holy Spirit has opportunity to begin to give you things. Not walking according to how you feel. That's what most people do. They walk according to their feelings. And sometimes they even label that the Holy Spirit. But it's all feelings. I feel, I feel, I feel. Well, if the feeling is not right with the Word of God, that feeling should be discounted. You just don't go by how you feel. You go by what the Word says. That's walking in the things of the Spirit. So it tells us, walk in the Spirit. In other words, walk according to the Word of God. Jesus told us that. The words that I speak, they are Spirit and life. If you walk according to the word, you are walking in the spirit. Now, you all know in Revelation, and we know about Revelation, John said, uh, John, he says, I was in the island of Patmos, and on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. <laughs> you read that? And then suddenly, I know some of us would think, whoa, he was having an uh, out-of-body floating experience. No. He, wa- he knew it was Sunday. And he made up his mind to worship God. Amen? He was in the Spirit. Just as the same thing we do every Sunday when we come in here. We are walking according to the Spirit. He was alone in an island and he knew that's the Lord's day. And he made up his mind, woke up, got himself ready, and he was in the Spirit. Not out of body experience, worshiping God. He knew it it was Sunday. And all of a sudden, he wasn't expecting it. God had him. Amen? You can have the same experience. You can have the same experience. You can take that word of God and begin to act on the word of God. And God will show up. I remember when God spoke to me about the Ark Fellowship. I didn't know that it was about the Ark Fellowship. That morning, I just got up. I was in Lagos, Nigeria. And we were in out there. I was out there preparing the way for a crusade. And was in my sister's home. And I got up. Just to pray. And not a word had been said before God started talking to me. Uh, basically, I told him, Lord, that let me write. I, give me time because sometimes you feel it inside. This is, this is not just a direction. This is important. My life's going to change. But God can do the same thing for every one of us. But we have to be in the Spirit. Now look at this. I say then, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lost against the spirit. In other words, the flesh doesn't want the spirit to have preeminence in your life. He's constantly bringing distractions and things to draw you away from spiritual things. It's amazing. That's why you come to church. It's amazing in those days when I kneel to pray, that's when all the calls start coming in. (laughs) You want to pray or you want to read your Bible before long, Things start happening, and you tell yourself, I'll get back to this later. Guess what? You never get back to it. 
That's what we experience. It seems natural. Every time you take your Bible to read, something else gets in your mind that is more important, urgent matter now. As if it can never be done if you don't do it that, at that particular time. But your mind tells you, you got to get it done. And we don't feel bad about it because it's got to be done. But it could be God had prepared that time to speak to you. And you missed it. He'll come back again. So the spirit lost against the flesh, and the flesh lost against the spirit. And he says, these are contrary one to the other. Look at the result. So that you do not do the things that you wish. It's no more. God has no it against us. You just don't grow as much. So you've made up your mind, I'm going to go out to witness. Oh, I'm going to go out to church this Sunday. And as soon as you open your eyes, it's raining. Ah, I need a little sleep, okay? God understands. I'll stay home today. It's going to be too much trouble getting the kids in the car when it's raining. They stay home. Is it just me or you've experienced that? There's always a good reason not to do that. My wife and I, we exercise uh, most mornings. And I can come up with a thousand reasons why uh, that gym room is not a good place to go today. Right? It's just me, right? <laughs> a thousand reasons. I, can't, I get spiritual when it gets coming. I think I should rather pray than to go up to that gym. <laughs> okay? I make a good excuse why I shouldn't go. Because I know uh, there's pain there, okay? I don't want to do it. And sometimes both of us were looking at each other. Are you going to go up today? <laughs> you know what we're doing? Looking for a good excuse not to do that. If she says no, I'm not doing that either. <laughs> I'm gone. I'll do, a, I'll do that in the evening. It never happens. But it's the same kind of thing. That's what the enemy wants. If you will benefit from it, he doesn't want you to go there. That's the flesh. That's why Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so what we have to do, if I want to live a life that's pleasing to God, is to do everything to empower the spirit of God so that the spirit will have preeminence in the decisions that I make in my life. Bible study, that's strengthening your spirit. Praying, that's strengthening your spirit. All of these things, are in that what all this means is walking according to the Spirit. And these things will have consequences in what, your decisions, what you do, where you go, what you say. Whether you witness to somebody or you're just quiet. All of these things matter. If you walk according to the Spirit, then you are free from condemnation and then you are effective in the house of God. But it's something to do. And we need the power of the Spirit to do these things. That's where the battle is. Constantly. You know, I've had Christian brothers that tell me, Brother, I don't understand. Every time I open my Bible to read, that's when I feel sleepy and I go to sleep. Have you heard that? And for some people say, I couldn't sleep, so I got my Bible to read. Okay? And as I was reading, the Bible was reading them. You know why that happens? Yeah, you got a good rest. The enemy doesn't want you to read that book. He doesn't want you to see it at all. He doesn't want you to go to church. He wants you to stay home. And then form a habit of staying home. And over six weeks, before long, your mind is not there. And that's serious danger. I know there is a group of Christians that believe once you are saved, you are always saved. I don't know about that, but I know the, the uh, parable of ten virgins. I know five didn't make it, and I don't want to be among those five. Don't know, understand all of it, but I don't want to be a part of that. There are things that this, we, we can do to help our spirit to line up with the Word of God so that our bodies will cooperate or the flesh will cooperate with what the Spirit is doing. Number one, 
the Bible tells us, reckon by faith to be what God said, says in his word that you are in Christ. You have to reckon. That's what, this is not coming from me. This is scriptural. In other words, when you reckon something, it's like you don't quite feel it, but you believe and you reckon that's what it is. And that's what Paul tells us. Likewise, you also, he says, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. In other words, consider yourself to be indeed dead to sin. Maybe you haven't given it a a thought. But now the scripture is telling you, listen, you begin to call yourself back, really, I'm dead. This is what the Bible says. This is what's going to free me from whatever it is. We, sometimes we know these things, but it takes the power of the Spirit to actually lift us to that level where we fully understand so we can obey. Now, reckoning, that's not going to be done in just one day. We've got to continually reckon. Every time you fail, no, that's not really who I am. Amen? That's not really based on God's Word. I'm dead. That person is dead. We got to believe that and keep going until we're perfect. And you know, I read the scripture this morning. It says, God perfect that which concerns my life. I need God to perfect it. But I have to cooperate with God to perfect it. It's a journey. We're going through the wilderness to the promised land. We are going to have a lot of difficult times, but I have to record God's with me. This is what God has said to me, and I believe it, regardless of what I'm experiencing. That's what the Word says, and I reckon God is the truth, because the Bible tells us, let God be true, and every man a liar. So, reckon yourselves to be dead, Look at the word he used. Indeed. Dead indeed. Not just reckon yourself dead. Believe it to the point where it's saturated, your mind is saturated with that thought because of what Jesus did. And that's what the scripture tells us. It's not mystical. I just consider myself, this is what God says. That's what I accept. Even if it contradicts what I'm experiencing physically, because that's all flesh. The Spirit is what gives life. This is what frees you. Not the struggle on your own. You will make it. It didn't say struggle. He <laughs> says just reckon. Simple. Reckon against what the enemy is throwing at you. No, that's not who I am. Even if you failed. You still continue to reckon until it's done. That form of doctrine is deep down in your spirit. And you're free. Because he who the Son makes free, he's free indeed. So reckon that you're free indeed from, from sin, but alive to God. In other words, I can hear God. I don't have to tell everybody all the time the Lord is speaking to me. I hear him, he's my father. He, I, I belong to his family. He, he is my dad. I'm a part of his family. And I'm precious and you're precious. Your price is the blood of his son. The death of his son to have you. You're special. God cannot have you and neglect you in the house. That's silly. He can't pay that greater price and then just let you wander away like you don't exist. no. If you paid a million dollars for a train, you'll be around that thing every time, right? And you take care of it, right? This was the death of his own son, just to have me. I'm special. You're special, amen? And he's just not going to leave me just wandering around like that. Every, every child of God is special. That's why I know when we ask him, he answers. Amen. That's the truth. When we ask Him for something to make us better in our devotion to Him, in life in general, He's going to answer. He told us that. And that's walking in the Spirit. That's believing what God says. You know, I'd like to, you know, call, 
Paul to myself what the Bible says, that's in Matthew 7, 7, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. But I like that next verse. For everyone that asks, receives. That's being spiritual. I don't have to go to pastor. You ask for me. I got my own mouth. Amen? I got my own mouth. I can ask. I'm a family member. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll hear me when I pray. When I ask him to bless my children, he'll hear me. Definitely will. Because I'm a part of his family. We're special to him. If I ask him to help me with a problem, he's going to help me. Even if it's a sin problem, he's going to help me. But I have to ask him. And that's walking according to the Spirit. So we must not only realize and reckon that we are indeed dead to sin, but we are alive to God. In other words, dead people don't hear, right? I can hear what God's saying. Alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then he says this, Therefore, do not, because of what I've told you, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its loss. Notice the word used. Reign. Reign. Romans 6.14, he says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. It doesn't say you can't sin. That's not what it says. Reign. That's a different thing. If you are being controlled, you can, this is, that's slavery. You can, that cannot happen to a believer. You, but God is with you. And you can cry out to God, I don't want this thing reigning over my life. And God will assist you. You got all the resources of heaven behind you. But you got to cry. He says, sin shall not reign over your life. That's the gospel. It's not saying struggle, but you consider, reckon yourself. And as you reckon and you agree with the word of God, the Bible is very clear. Uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 55 tells us this. God says, I don't think like you guys think. Amen? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. You're thinking this is the way to be free. God says this is the way to be free. Take what God says, begin to say those words, begin to repeat what you believe and say it with your mouth. That's when you're going to be free. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 tells us this very clearly. You want to put that up for me, please? Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, because I want, to, I want us to see it. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is already established, written, I believe, so what do you do? Therefore, I spoke. We also believe, and we speak. So you reckon and you speak what you reckon. Amen? You say that and that's what the spirit of faith is the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that frees us from the law of sin and death. This is what the scripture tells us. So we got to reckon that. Secondly, set your mind on things of the spirit. Because where we really have problem is where we are, what we are setting our minds on. That's the issue here. Let's, let's put it this way. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a, a sound mind. God doesn't want us to be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. I am your God. I'll take care of you. And every time somebody came to Jesus with a trouble, a serious problem, the first thing he says to them, don't be afraid. 
You know why? Because fear stands in the way of your miracle. He says, don't fear, just believe. So we don't have to be afraid. If you receive a bill, last sum of money, uh, you know, something you got to pay and you don't have the money, and they're threatening to do something to you, guess what you think about all that night? The bill. The bill. And Satan doesn't want you to sleep. He wants you to think about the bill. And you're helpless with the bill. But what if you change your mind and begin to go to Psalm 23 verse 1? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Immediately, Satan says to you, yeah, I know that. But how are you going to pay the bill? You say, I don't know. But I do know the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You speak what you believe. Because God can make it available to you before the real difficulty comes. He's able to do it. It tells us this in Romans chapter 8, beginning from verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. They set their minds on the things of the flesh. As a man thinks in his heart, so he, that's exactly who he is. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on what? The things of the Spirit. They set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So, if you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, then you're strengthening your spirit against your flesh, and your flesh is not able to reign over your spirit. In other words, your spirit then reigns over your flesh, and you are not even conscious that now you are more interested in the things of God. It's just your life. While others don't want to go to church, you can't wait to get to church. Because that's where your mind is. That's what's ruling your life. You don't think it's spiritual, but that's exactly what's going on. You're being spiritual. Now, if you ask, why don't you want to go to church? His mind is on something else. That's what's going on there. So those who live according, notice what he's saying, they live according to the dictates of the flesh. All you hear is, I feel, I feel, I feel. What does the Bible say? I know the Bible says that, but I feel. Their feeling overrides what God says. <laughs> and that's a funny thing. And we're coming to the next part about the healing thing. When I start talking about the other benefit of God, to be healed. As long as you keep going by how you feel, your feeling is going to take over. Because that's what comes out of your mouth. And God has already told us in the Old Testament, what I hear coming from your mouth, that's what I'm going to give you. So those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's who they are. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life meaning all your needs are met. But if you go the fleshly way, most of your needs are not going to be met. This is a spiritual principle. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us. That's why Jesus gave us his Holy Spirit, to help us. Yes, as soon as you get that, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Trust God, he's going to do that for you. And then there is this constant battle of you're a little afraid, and then you're off. I, I, I came in one morning uh, to pray, and uh, one of the individuals that come in, that usually will come here to pray, he said, I don't know what happened. I just woke up with all this dread and fear. I had to speak against it. Was there a reason for it? Yes, there's usually a reason, natural reason. But God is saying, if you want to please me, 
trust me against what you know and your natural feeling. And that's what moves him. If God's going to act in your life and in my life, we have to trust him against what we know is happening to us and say, with God, all things are possible. And once we do that, we have opened the door for him to act. You see, God wants to do for us what we can't even dream of, to desire for ourselves. He wants to do more for us. You know, what, it's an amazing thing when you think about it. My time is gone. It's, uh, many times we think we're going through something. He already knew before you got there. I see that in the scriptures, how much Jesus cares for us. You know the scripture in the, when Jesus was with the 5,000 men that he fed? They were listening to him. They were not even thinking about food. They were so focused on what he was telling them, they were not thinking about getting out to get their own food. Guess who was thinking about their food? Jesus was the one thinking about food. He said, I don't want them to go home. They've been with me all the time. They were not even thinking about it. They were so absorbed in the spiritual thing, and God was thinking for their benefit. And he fed them all. And the Bible says, Jesus Christ is what? The same yesterday, today. If you are absorbed in that spiritual thing, he's concerned about all the fleshly things that you need. And he demonstrated that, that he's able to take care of you by feeding 5,000 men. They didn't count the children. Count the number of men we have here, you'll be surprised. Okay. More, probably more women and more children. That's thousands of people were fed that day. He took care of them. And you know how many times he did that? Two times in the scripture. Two times. Pastor Al is not this, okay? <laughs> it's two times. He fed them. But that's the demonstration to us that if we set our minds on the things of the Spirit, what will God do? He'll take care of the things of the flesh that we are so concerned about. And the Scripture tells us, Matthew 6, uh, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So God first, the things of the Spirit first, so, nothing present your body as a living sacrifice. Renew your mind through the Word of God. Renew your mind through the Word of God so that you are free. The last thing, number four, do not go back. Let me tell you this. It's been a while I started off as a Christian. Sometimes it sounds good for people when they are putting... You know, I don't want to wear this. I don't want to touch this. I don't want to. The Bible says, if it if it if it uh, perishes with the using, it has nothing to do with Christianity. Buy any kind of car you want. Buy a Pinto if you want. Buy a Cadillac. Buy a Rolls Royce. Has nothing to do with Christianity. If God gives it to you, have it. Buy a plane if you want. If it perishes with the using, has nothing to do with Christianity. And if you focus on that, you're going to miss God com- completely. You seek God, He'll give you whatever He wants you to have. How you dress, the makeup and all of that, in those days, that's all we preached about. And in my church in those days, I've said it here before, the priest, the sisters, the priest and the sisters so badly, they had no makeup. You can't see their hair. They were all no earrings. And they all looked like my brothers. And the uh, pastor was telling me to get married. I said, God, why did you make the girls that are not saved more beautiful than the ones in church? They look ugly. They look, they look like my brothers. Because pastor was preaching a, Against all these things that perish with the using. 
that's going back to the law. And many people would, oh, God help us. Many people that really wanted to serve God, and they, want, they were built by God to, they want to, some people want to look good. That's just who they are. They want to look good. And now you tell them to go to church, say, I, I don't want to become a Christian. I, I can't look the way you look. So the way you look is preventing somebody from going to heaven. That's madness. That's madness. And we call that Christianity. It doesn't matter how you dress. It's not the hair. You know, I used to tease them back in Nigeria. They said, Paul, they said well, you see, Paul says, not in the plaiting of the hair, the hair and not in the uh, wearing of the earrings and the wearing of apparel and they don't wear earrings and they don't plait their hair, they cover their hair, they look like my brothers. I said, if you want to follow all of that, you don't want to wear earrings and you don't want to plait your hair, why are you wearing apparel then? Because it says not in the wearing of the apparel. I may take them off so we know you are a real Christian. Don't go back. Stay with the truth. The word of God. Amen? Stay with the truth. The truth is what the scripture tells us. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved in your house. Amen? Stay with it. That's what Paul said in Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Going back to the Old Testament and the Old Testament ways. Look good. Do what God, buy whatever God enables you to buy. It has nothing to do with Christianity. What Christianity demands, know God's will for your life. From the scriptures, spend some time with him daily if you can. Study the word. Let him speak to your spirit. Be in church because the Bible tells us to do that. Not forsaking assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Those who do that, I believe that, just as he says in Malachi, God is putting, setting up a memorial for those individuals. They come back from work tired, but they know to be in their father's house. That's the way it's going to be. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Amen? My time is up. It's been up. That's because Pastor Al took my time. No, kidding, kidding. Stand up tonight. He gives us a lot of trouble, and I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> but I love Pastor Al and uh, Shelley. Uh, more Shelley than Pastor Al. <laughs> 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 That's what you got. Two more minutes. <laughs> Let's lift our hands up before our God. I hope you got something from what, what was spoken tonight. It's just the truth. There is no need to pretend to be more spiritual than just obey what the Word says. Just obey what the word says and live accordingly. Next week, uh, next time, I'm, uh, I think it's next week, yes, I'll be here. I will be going on healing. I want to talk about that so you understand 